0: Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with Best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. As I mentioned, uh, l- this current issue we've got a great conversation with me and uh, Laurie Frankel, talking about all kinds of just her unusual writing technique of keeping a book open in her lap while she writes. Weird, it's true, but she does. Uh, next week, next month, which will be oh, very soon. Next week, I guess. Uh, my conversation with the one and only Terry Brooks, legendary fantasy writer. Great conversation, interesting guy So check it out at authormagazine.org And we're funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955 Yes, they have been They started their writers conference back then and still going The PNWA, the Pacific Northwest Writers Conference And it happens in September It's going to be a good one again I'll be there teaching some stuff Teaching about essay writing Yes, I will And, uh if you want to sign up, I think there's still room. Things are filling up pretty quick, actually, but there's still room. So go to pnwa.org, pnwa.org, and sign up. It's a good one here in the Pacific Northwest. Early September. Uh, speaking of conferences, I will be, if you're a conference goer, and I'm going to be at a couple here in August, I'm going to be at the Willamette Writers Conference down there in Portland next week, 4th and 5th of August. Yes, I will. I'll be there teaching uh Fearless Marketing, and then uh, I'll be teaching How to Give a Killer Keynote. It's a lot of fun. I'll Actually, I, if you're there, you'll get to see friend of the show, Gail Brandeis. She's the keynote speaker. So that'll be a lot of fun. And the next week I'll be in New York for the Writer's Digest big annual conference, and I'll be teaching fearless writing and fearless marketing there. So if you, if you go to those conferences, find me, say hello. I love saying hello to people who write. And want to be fearless. Okay, enough about me. Oh, I'm so glad we got today's guest on the show, Lydia Millett. She is an award-winning novelist and short story writer. Her third novel, My Happy Life, won the 2003 Penn Center USA Award for Fiction. And she has been a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, as well as a Guggenheim Fellow, among other honors. Now, Laura Miller of Salon described her writing as always flawlessly beautiful Reaching for an Experience that Precedes Language Itself. I love that. I love it. I think it's true. And Millett has written books and stories that range from the philosophical to the satirical on matters including, but not limited to, The Inventors of the Atomic Bomb, Political Culture under George H.W. Bush, The Discovery of Mermaids in a Coral Reef, and The Crisis of Extinction and Climate Change. Her latest book, however, is the wonderful and very interesting short story collection Fight No More! Lydia, welcome to the show.
1: It's fun to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, it's good to have you, Lydia. I was uh, I was doing a little math right before we started, and if my addition is correct, we're on uh, book number 16. Is this true? Is that about right? I 17? think that sounds
1: 17? right. Yeah, if you count my kids' books.
0: I do count your kids' books. Damn it! They they were written and they <laughs> well, were thank published.
1: You. I appreciate they've that. Gotta, they've
0: got to they've got to be counted. Uh, I you know. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a writer and she's written about that same number of books. Actually, she writes for young adults and adults. And the last time I talked to her, she said, I, cause she doesn't have a series or anything. It's just a new book every time. And she was like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I, I worry. I just am going to run straight out of ideas. Do I have to do this? Cause she does a book a year and, uh, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I know. And, uh, does that ever cross your mind? Do you ever think the well is going to go, this is it. The well is – there's a limit to the well from which I pull my stories.
1: You know, I don't think there's a limit to the well, but sometimes I fear, you know, senility or dementia. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. No, <laughs> you know? Really? I mean, you I mean, Yeah. That. I, I really want to write my whole life. I'm not quite old enough probably, you know, statistically for those things to occur yet, but I, I just oh – I can't God. imagine being alive without writing, and so I – Yeah. I don't want to be stopped, you know, eventually by a faulty brain from doing that. That's what I think about sometimes when I think about not being able to write anymore. Uh, but I don't Lydia, I don't yeah. Don't, I, I don't think of ideas running out.
0: Good. But don't even think about the senility thing because you know why? If it does happen, which I must tell you, I don't think it will to you. I have all my reasons, but well, which I could elaborate on if you want to hear it, but I don't <laughs> think it will, but even if it sure. did, you won't care. <laughs> you will be right.
1: I hope that's true. Be, I hope that's true. That's a, a, you're an optimist.
0: Absolutely, am an optimist. I have to be. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, all right, we're 16 books in. You don't worry about running out of ideas. I don't really either, honestly. I think they just keep coming and coming. But, uh, but what, where, where, how did this all start? Uh, when did you look, and, look up and say, I don't just want to read stories, I, I want to be one of the people who write them? Because I assume you were a voracious reader when you were a little tyke.
1: Yeah, I was and we also didn't have a TV till I was about 13, so uh what? you know I kind of had to be. But what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. It's true. My parents disapproved of the um I think they called it oh. still called it the boob tube back then. Oh, they called it that. A bunch of but All uh, right. eventually we had to get one. There was social pressure plus we kept just going to the you know the neighbor and kids houses and like right. knowing their parents by hanging around their right. TV. So um so they had to they had to um finally capitulate. But uh, so, you know, I think it was actually when I decided not to be an opera singer that I I, I decided to write because I that sort of went awry because I I sort of got stage fright and I just have the wrong kind of personality to sing, although I did for years try to sing. And so but but I'd always written, you know, I'd always written. I wrote through college. I wrote a book in college um, and and I just kept writing from from there.
0: That's interesting. Uh, I, I know, I, I have some, I know some writers who were singers like one was an actual professional operatic singer and then she switched over to science fiction, uh, which was an unusual transition, but she did it. Um, and so, sure. but you're the, you're only the second person I know who has dabbled in singing and on that level before writing, that's an unusual switch. And the only reason I mention it as unusual is because, uh, there's no, I mean, there's obviously this creativity, but there's not constructive compositional creativity in just opera singing. You know, it's pure performance. No, right.
1: I always felt it was, to to me, it felt more craft-like than art-like because for me, art sort of just has more to do with actually um, thinking of a thing and bringing it to fruition and everything sort of being original and uh, which sounds sort of insulting to singing or something. I actually think, you know, music's, I, I think it's, uh, sublime and maybe the highest of all the arts in a certain way and the most powerful and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. I also think that I, I could only do it if I were actually making it to begin with, I could only sustain kind of an interest in that. If I were, you know, like a rock star, that'd be great. Exactly. <laughs> so we're just like, you know, like writing my own stuff and performing it. I think that that's right. You know, uh, that's a cool thing to do, but I, I just performing other people's stuff was too, it's almost too, um, uh, God, it's too skilled for me or something. It's all about sort of skill and craft and carefulness in certain ways and attention to detail, faithfulness. Yeah. These are things that I, I don't enjoy. It's, I like lying. I like just making stuff up. I like, thinking,
0: <laughs> right. you know, Remember. I don't like
1: being beholden to anyone, right? You, you don't have to be beholden to anyone if you write books, really.
0: You don't. No, you don't. And that's one of the beauties of it. And Although it's yeah. interesting, although I will say your writing – this i mean the stories at least the stories i read in fight no more uh there is tremendous attention to uh i would say the detail from sentence to sentence they don't it's uh, uh, i feel a care taken with it i know that you're letting your imagination oh, good, yeah. run where it wants to but i do feel a sense of like i'm going to sit with this sentence if i so desire is that a fair
1: sure i definitely of don't, your like, you know, I don't like writing the no, thank you for saying that i I don't like writing that's kind of that I perceive to be self indulgent really, so there uh, are sort of ways of writing that i don't that I don't like and appreciate um, where where yeah I just sort of i don't want people to love the sound of their own voices too yeah, much <laughs> when, yeah. I, I look for as a reader i mean as a reader, I look for kind of a certain restraint and rigor and kind of austerity also humor though i mean I don't really like all mm-hmm. that stuff if there's no humor but um, but so, yeah, so I try not to be self-indulgent. Maybe – I do think maybe as younger writers, we're, we're more self-indulgent with our language. That can that can be the case. Yep. Like I yep. – you know, and then as we get older, we we learn – we learn, you know, we learn a little um, – I don't know. We learn more discipline, I hope, with the, the sort of formal – the formal you know what aspect I learned? of language. I, I no. learned
0: that when I found – well, how could you know? I'm going to tell you though. So uh, <laughs> you I learned me? that – when I got more interested in, in sort of what – discovering what I was trying to express or discovering I, – I saw the value in certain perspectives, and I was dying to express them in different forms. And when I got more interested in that, I said, just let me find the language that best says what it is I think I'm trying to say. That's when I dropped all my awareness of my style, so to speak, and mm-hmm. just got very yeah. interested. Is yeah. this clear? Is that actually – does that show what I wanted to show, say what I felt needed to be? And so that became my, and then that's when people start saying, oh, you've got a great voice. was when I stopped caring about it completely, that something yeah, emerged, yeah. if that makes
1: sense. I think that's right. Because then I think there's some sort of unconscious voice thing that's taking over and you're not trying, you're just not trying too hard. And um, yeah. I think that all, that all comes with, you know, it does come with experience. I always hope to be getting better always as I, as I get older, you know, at writing.
0: Well, I
1: hope so. Don't you don't I mean, you with every yeah, story Yeah, we have to think that way. Right. Yeah, yeah I just I, want, I always want things to be better. Yeah, exactly. You want things to be better, you want to aim for something else and yeah, and who knows, you know, and who who knows whether you'll ever achieve what you wish to. But um it's really kind of a glorious thing to try. Absolutely. And
0: and uh and so let's talk a little bit about Fight No More for our uh, listeners who haven't read it. It's a short short story collection. However, However, Lydia has strung these stories together, set them in a location and the characters interact with each other. And there's actually a kind of a narrative arc to the whole thing. Uh, so I guess I have a couple questions. I I'm fascinated by that approach to a book. Um, and so. And I, I like to try to guess, I try to get into the writer's head cause I can't help it. Like, how did she do it? Like, what was she going through? And I, I just had no idea. So. With this one did you have the idea for the whole some kind of whole arc and then thought this isn't a novel it's a bunch of short stories or did you just start writing short stories and go oh, I think these are connected
1: like how did the structure come to you So I I generally write shorts so this is only my second book of stories I usually write stories when I'm procrastinating um <laughs> on writing a novel or or a novel's going poorly or something they're just so right. they're playful and they they're, they're usually for me It's like sort of a form of vacation land or something uh, where I just – I can be sort of more lighthearted in the way that I approach them, and and I don't – I don't take myself too seriously when I'm making stories up. Um, <laughs> so, so this I just started as uh, I, I wrote a first one, and then I just kept going. It's very simple-minded process mind. It's just I just sit in front of a blank screen and then I write stuff, and I don't sort of premeditate anything. It's not calculated, right. so I just kind of keep going. And so in this case, I just I don't like uh, there's a thing I don't like about story collections sometimes where. Um, i I don't get to stay with characters that i might actually be intrigued by and then uh, they're just thrown away in my view they're thrown away and i have to like proceed to the next story where they don't exist and i i sometimes can actually be although i'm not very i'm not very sort of plot-based or anything as a reader but i sometimes can be aggravated just aggravated by the loss of those characters the sudden loss of them you know so i decided to sort of have a world where I, you know, I came back to some of these, these characters and uh, they weren't abandoned after just one story. And so you could sort of stay with them the way you would stay with the characters in a, in a novel.
0: All right. That, so, so you had no grand plan at all. No, I, wanna... I thought
1: that I wanted to write stories about. actually where I started was different from where I ended up. So I, I started thinking I wanted to write really stories about uh, the appropriation of sort of rebel culture and avant-garde art and stuff by the mainstream, the sort of, you know, the, the commodification <laughs> and sort of, okay. you know, of, yeah, of art and like how shocking and bold art just becomes something that we, you know, glance at behind someone's sofa, just sure. how these things just become products. And it's it's like a, it's nothing new, but I wanted to sort of take stories, take sort of a piece of art in each story and and look at how, look at that a little bit. But I ended up kind of not doing that. There's a little of that in the book, but I got more interested in just the way that in sort of people's houses and domestic spaces and sort of how homes stood for people's psychological lives. And yeah, yeah, so, so I got more interested in that than, than in my initial idea. So that shifted a bit, I guess.
0: Oh, you see, listen to the listeners. Did you hear that? She had one idea, but she got in and she let it change. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to go where the flow really wants to actually go. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think you can't try to steer it too much.
1: Well, it's more exciting that way cuz you don't, you know. Yeah. It's it's great not to know what you're doing. I I really recommend it. <laughs> well, I do too. So that's
0: interesting. Okay. So, uh one of the things I find interesting about a story is they have a beginning, middle and end, right? And 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 Everybody's a little different about what part they like and don't like. Some people have no preferences, but some people really struggle in the middle and some people are like god the beginning if it's not right I'm just screwed and some people they don't care about. It. So a short story collection you've got beginning and middle and end again and again and again. Uh do you you don't so you don't have an end in mind of any kind when you start. You must have some person you're interested in. I guess
1: yeah. When you start the story, yeah, that's a good question. You know, when I write a novel, I have a, I usually only have the sense of some sort of emotional texture that I want to write toward at yeah. the end. That's really all I usually have, and maybe a faint yeah. notion of of what kind of skeleton, you know, what kind of ideas I'll be writing about or something. But that's right. it. And then, but with short stories, I'm not sure that I have an end goal really. Like I just sort of want to play with a character until I'm done, and then and then find another one. Sort of, it's like a cat with a you know, a ball of yarn or something. I just don't – yeah, I don't really have – and I, I I think what I like about short stories is they don't really actually have to have a middle. They can really kind of be all beginning and then end. Oh, interesting. In oh, <laughs> so, so it's sort of just like a rush of the The, the middle beginning. is always like a – yeah, the middle is always, you know, with a novel, almost everyone's novel. I mean, sometimes there are just perfect sort of novels that rise above this, but it's pretty rare. Right. Most of them are kind of squishy in the middle, like, you know, middle Yeah, age. yeah human beings, yeah. you know?
0: Like, right. So,
1: so it's nice with short stories to sort of avoid that squishiness. Cause you really can just go fast, 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 and then just kind of turn it. Yeah. Turn it That's true. to an ending. You know, I like that. I hadn't thought of that, but I think it's
0: true. You like a rush. Cause I always say that one of the easy parts of the beginning of a book is there is all the momentum of what's going on. Who are these people? Where are they? What's the, you know, mm-hmm. it has its own natural momentum. And then the ending has hopefully the momentum of you coming down the, the hill. Uh, and yeah, like yeah. middle is where you don't have either of those things. That's very interesting. Right. All right, I think I agree because I've been writing short pieces of like short fiction, well, memoir, but it's sort of like barely almost fiction. I'm not. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. but It feels yeah. close to you creative know. nonfiction, just, sort of as they call it. Yeah, it's sort of well, it's creative nonfiction. Yeah. yeah so. And so, but then you have to kind of know that it's over. There has to be some sense of like, oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. When you get to, you write your first draft. So you're just finding it, the character's doing their thing. And, oh, oh, this. so you come to the end. And usually, for me, when I come to an end is where I get what the thing is actually about, where I kind of hit the final note. And I usually Mm -hmm. don't really, really know until I write it. And at that point, I usually have to go back and say, okay, now let's make the whole thing of a piece and, and refocus towards it. Do you do that in your rewriting?
1: So I, I have the first thing I, I, I um, where I do sort of know I know fully what the book is only when I'm finishing it. So I I totally right. have that. I don't actually end up usually revising very much in a, in a significant way. I kind of I mean little tweaks here and there, but I I rarely go back and sort of um, re envision the the whole first part of a book. And as a result, some of my some of my beginnings are. Um, quite different from some of my ends in my novel. Oh, Not so much yeah, short yeah. stories. But so, right. so I don't, because I normally I go back and I actually am sort of wedded to the scene setting that occurred at the beginning. I find that I'm sort of wedded. I do most revision just as I'm writing, just sort of combing through sentences and finding flaws in them. That's right. kind of a, just more of a piece, piecemeal and sort of petty kind of revision. I don't need yeah. to do like broad stroke revision so much, although no? I'll cut stuff out that I don't like. But I don't do like huge reconceptions of of entire no. swaths of the book, usually not usually. You've never had that. Um, I did where when I you was to... younger, a little more. Oh,
0: yes, yeah, okay. my
1: first book, an editor helped me to do that. But my first book, which I wrote when I was like 22, um, oh. there was some of that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's the one that that just was just reissued, actually, that book um, called Omnibor. But that one. So that one I did more kind of holistic (laughs) revision work on. It was just a kid. I was just a baby, you know. Um, Yeah. But sort of less and less since then. Sometimes, though, I do throw away a whole like half book or something because I just I don't feel I don't feel close to it. So I do that. I'm not I'm not saying that, like, I think that everything I do is. Just like, you know, uh, coated in in gold or anything. I do just I right. kind of tend to more just throw things away. I just throw them away, you know, rather than go and rework them. Yeah, because I feel alienated by by work that happened too long ago. Often I feel too distant yes. from it to really engage with it again. That's a problem I have, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, you got to stay, uh, you because you kind of have to keep up with yourself too. Because I feel like I keep changing, you know. I keep shifting in my attention and my interest. And what if the story doesn't meet that anymore? You know, it's got to keep up. with Right. So
1: don't you feel like some of your old, older, you know, things that you did are just, it's almost as though they were written by other people. I I do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, very much. Because you were a different person then in many ways. Right. So, yeah. And I find it hard to go back and grapple with the person that I
0: previously was. Well, you you ain't her anymore. You're you, you're exactly. the new you, yeah. the better you. I, you yeah, know, and I'm
1: not sure, I, I don't always like that person. I'm not always, you know, attached to that, that former person. Um, no. well, you know, I think some people are, are able to be much more, much more sort of arrogant about their past selves, or maybe just oh. more, just more, maybe just more faithful to them. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a negative thing, I suppose. But I feel how would you, that I, I easily turn away. From, how would from you have handled person. if you
0: were a rock star? Because you'd, you'd have been so popular. Lydia, you'd have been so popular, and you'd have written that hit song when you were 23, and you'd have had to keep singing right. it and singing it and singing it,
1: uh, and they wouldn't let you stop horrible, singing it. Right? Right? Terrible. And for How the same you... reason, I couldn't be a politician, right? Like you just have to say the same thing over and over again. You just have right. these talking points, and you just have to repeat this like stale language again and again and again. And I just, yeah, I don't think I could do that very well. I just, yeah, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> now,
0: well. All right. Let me ask you, Lydia. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. See, I, I, I never think this, but. For reasons that you may guess, I've recently been fantasizing what I would do as I was, if I was a politician and some things I might say given the current environment. <laughs> right. And I actually <laughs> right, dabbled right. like I'd be good at that. I could do that. Uh, I think it'd be horrible. I think I'd be terrible at it. But I have fantasies that I'd just be killer. Do you ever do you ever right, find right, yourself right. saying, "Well, I know what I would say if I were in a debate," or "Da da 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 da,", da. or do you not even entertain it?
1: No, I, I don't really sort of. I, I don't uh, have a politician fantasy. I'd be more likely to have a rock star fantasy than a politician fantasy. Although you yeah. know, I work in politics every day, so I'm so that is my job. So I, I work. It is. You know, because I work in conservation. Oh, I work in conservation, word. and so it's, it's yeah. So we litigate and we do policy advocacy and stuff. So I live kind of in a in a fairly political work environment, yeah. and yeah. and I'm really close to all that stuff. And I'm a news hound, and I'm so I'm. Um, no. So I'm definitely in that, but I don't – but I'm so – it's so depressing and so alienating often even before the current situation yeah. that we have. that Yeah, um, yeah and I've never – I've just never sort of liked the ina- inauthenticity, I guess, of, of sort of political posturing. I've never felt like it would be in my bailiwick, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I'm tough. glad you have you fantasies have to... about it. It's a better fantasy than a – it's like a less – you know, slightly less egomaniacal, I guess, than a rock star.
0: Oh. You know, I've been writing at least my thing like you
1: know. What's that? Well, I said at least there's like social utility,
0: hypothetically, yeah.
1: in, you know, being a hypothetically. politician. Hypothetically. Whereas rock stars, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know I don't, some of them you make really bad music.
0: They do, of course. But I will tell you, when I was a young fella <laughs> and uh, kind of unhappy and feeling a bit adrift, drift, I found artists and musicians, certainly among them, people I could turn to to sort of feel like somebody. Is speaking to the things that I'm thinking about, but I don't hear anybody saying. So I found them extremely, they were my church. It, oh, yeah, really yeah, was yeah. To totally,
1: me yeah. Totally. Incredible. And many of them helpful. still are for me. You know, like David Bowie, Leonard Cohen, people like oh, that. I just like, well, David never. Bowie. I'll never get over He them. was my guy. I'll never, I'll never get over them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love David
0: Bowie. Uh, well, so, uh, all right, so here you are, 16 books in. Uh, what. Uh, and maybe the answer may be nothing, but what's the hard part of writing for, for Lydia? What's the
1: part that you wish you could just What fix? is the hard part? Maybe there isn't hmm. anymore. No, I mean there are certain things, certain bad habits that help my writing that um, I really shouldn't do, like smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. <laughs> that oh. uh, so I have, to, oh. so I, oh. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that right now. But like, I kind of wish that I could just do a lot of like smoking and alcohol drinking because oh, it really does God. like work. It works really well. It works really well when I'm writing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of live, you know, live a life that that lasts a little bit, and so I'm right. trying not to do some of those things. Uh, so, yeah, I do wish I could just, like, indulge vices, though. So I guess, you know, it's hard not to. I guess that would be an answer. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I have, you know, two, two children. I have to, you know, be around to help them out. Yeah. Um So, well, and then also um, that I can't – lately I can't – I find I can't really read while I'm writing, yeah. writing a book. I yeah. can't really read um, – yeah. literary fiction anyway and so i mean yeah. i'm of course reading like all of us all the time on screens and
0: yeah, and yeah. all
1: that stuff but i but i um, i kind of have to put put it aside because i get i get it's a little distracting for me voice-wise and um yeah. so, I, so that's kind of a sad thing because i because i do think writers should be reading all the time it's the best well, thing they can do that, I, you know maybe tricky. but it's tricky you
0: it's know tricky. I, it
1: is tricky, tricky right
0: I, although I, I have to say I'm surprised, Lydia. You have such a you – know, again, I, I haven't read all 16 your books, so I don't know. But the voice in Fight No More is such a lovely, clear, funny, right-there voice, very accessible voice, but very intelligent. You know, I don't know if you're always that right, smart. It's not you, that, it no, it it's, feels that way. So if, well, anyway, your voice feels it's strong. It's not that
1: I start like, stealing from people or imitating them or anything like that. It's just – that I drift away sort of into these yeah. other sort of worlds of language. It's it's not right. that I fear like something mimetic or, or appropriative, which I don't even mind. I, I'm not, I don't object to that, any of that stuff, but it's, it's more just like a, it's just like an aesthetic kind of distraction where you enter someone else's mind and, um, I find as I get older, because I'm like 49 now, I find that I, I really need to stay in my own mind when I'm doing something, not so much when I'm editing or revising, right. if, I, if I'm revising like at the end of a book, fixing stuff, but when I'm putting something down, you know, in the first place, I don't know if you have this, but I just have to to stay, stay in that world um, increasingly yep. as I get older.
0: Yeah, I understand. I, I just, I think you might, maybe you heard in the intro, the, the current, my latest video interview uh, up on Author Magazine is with Laurie Frankel, who's a Seattle writer. And uh, yeah. her process, I don't know if you've read her stuff, but her process is she has a book, book open, open on in the lap. her lap is that, while she's so writing. someone else's book. Yes. So while, so things slow, she's like stuck. She'll then read, <laughs> literally just turn down and start reading and yeah. then go back to writing. I could not I mean imagine. I, can, I can
1: you know, I can totally see you can, any any You could. I can see liking that. Well I can see because I do sometimes write with um like the television on or uh What? I do, you what? know. Oh yeah. Oh my God. yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to I'm a total multi like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I can do that, but I just can't be immersed like in someone else's idiosyncratic language while I'm writing. Wow. But I can have okay. multiple things going on. And I can even have like I do like a little piece in quiet, I like to be for example, not have the children asking yeah. me for things while I'm yeah. trying to write. Like that can be, that obviously you just have to get up and leave what you're doing. Yeah. And so that doesn't work for me. But, um, yeah. but I don't mind having like a visual narrative that's running in like on a, on a wall or something like that. That doesn't bother me. Um, uh, or I, I don't mind having, like, I like music um, yeah. at times, yeah. and silence other times. And you know, I also like when I get a chance, I'd like to write in bars a lot. I love to write it at a bar. Um, oh, you're one but, of those. You know, like I said, then you have too many drinks. Or a did coffee they, did, shop, like I like public places sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like
0: that. Ah. Huh. Interesting. Well, Lydia, you're such an interesting person. This has been a very fun conversation. <laughs> we're not we're not quite done yet. Uh before I ask you my last question, uh people they're listening, Oh, she's so cool. I want to see her in person. Is that possible? Can they ever see you in person? Do you ever travel the globe talking to people well, about um, writing? So,
1: so... I just did this this book tour, but I'm – the next thing that I'm doing that's sort of public is actually uh-huh. the Br- Brooklyn the Brooklyn Book Festival in September. I'll be there. Oh, oh um, cool. So, so any, right. anyone in New York can can uh, can check that out. Uh, it's a great awesome. festival. Um, I think that's the, really the next thing that I have. So that's only, what, two months or a month and a half away, yeah? something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's getting there.
1: All right, great. All right, so check it out, you New Yorkers.
0: I know you're out there listening, so you can go listen to it. I'm sure it's a great book festival anyway. It's Brooklyn. I'm sure, it's fun. <laughs> Okay. All right, so – Here's my last question for you, Lydia. Uh, finish the sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what?
1: If writing has taught me anything, it's taught me not to plan uh, <laughs> art and, and not to plan from a place of sort of um, – Uh, Rigidity, I guess. So, I guess it's taught me to sort of be resilient.
0: Yeah, trust and be resilient. Trust a little bit. A little bit of trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. Lydia, it's a great book. You're a wonderful writer. I know people are telling you that, but I'm going to tell it to you. It's true. It's true. It's good stuff. (laughs) No, you can. You can
1: never say it too often. Never say it too often.
0: No, I know. It's just pathetic, isn't it? We just can't hear it enough.
1: (laughs) What what can you do? Why not?
0: Uh, Lydia, congratulations. It's a great book. Uh, I hope someday you're not just a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. I hope they give it to you at some point. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> good luck with the next book.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much. And you too. All
0: right. All right. Thank you. Thank okay. you. I appreciate that.
1: Take it okay. easy. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, she's a good one, people. Okay. Trust, people. Trust. Trust. Don't plant. Well, some of you outline. I know, but most, most of you don't. And trust it, it works Okay, I may or may not have an interview next week She's in London, I don't know if we're going to make it work out If not, we'll take a week off If I can, I'll talk to her Otherwise, ah, go do something you love That's what makes it happy sound-